Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to IG2G. This is episode 54. I, of course, am the greatest man who's ever lived, Matt. I am your glorious host. With me, as always, this is my buddy, Eric. And today on the show, we got a three-pack in the releases of games that I'm all about, that I'm super interested in, that I want to get my hands on and play. And then we got whatever Eric's talking about. I don't don't even know. I don't even know. Stick around. Stay tuned for that. Number five. First up on the releases this week, we got a new game from a series that I'm not all too familiar with, although I did play one of them. But this is a game that I really want to play. I'm really interested in it because if anybody knows me, you know I love Dynasty Warriors. You know I love Romance of the Three Kingdoms. I love that Three Kingdoms era in China. This is Total War Three Kingdoms. This dropped on the 23rd of May for PC, Mac, and Linux, developed by Creative Assembly, published by Sega. It's Romance of the Three Kingdoms in the Total War universe. If you don't know Total War, think Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Think any kind of grand strategy game. You know, you take control of a ruler and you got your territory, you manage your towns, you build up your armies, you forge alliances, you you make war on other people, you take over the country that you're in. So one of the cool things about this game, you can play it in records mode, which is kind of more historical, realistic. Generals are just people on the field. You know, they're just units you know they maybe maybe give a little buff to their soldiers or something but if you play this in romance mode this is full-on romance of the three kingdoms like characters act the way they did in the book in the history in the legends in the myths however you want to think about it so generals are i wouldn't say like super powered but they're like you know giant kung fu badasses you're not taking down a general with just some foot soldiers you're going to cut a swath through them until he finds your general they're going to duel and it's going to be it's going to be big and it's going to be epic so if you want romance of the three kingdoms in total war you need to be playing this in romance mode i've even heard that other characters like Cao Cao, who's not like a big physical battler but he can do a lot of political maneuvering like get two separate parties pissed off at each other so now they're going to war so now you're kind of grand strategizing pulling the strings behind the scenes further a little bit down your generals i think in general they're in two different categories so if you got vanguard those are your battle generals they're going to be riding you know into the fray doing all the beating and the whooping and the, and the snapping and then you got generals who are more like tacticians who you're going to put them back on you know the back lines they're devising your strategy they're helping out your troops they're buffing your troops instead of just riding straight into the fray so you can you know amass a force of all these different kinds of characters and what else is cool is they can form friendships and rivalries like amongst each other. So you have two generals who hate each other, ride and herd on your whole thing. Maybe they're going to miscommunicate. They're not going to do what you want them to do. If you've got two friends who are sworn brothers, those two units are going to fight you know, to the death, back to back together, you know, the old school style. So all kinds of cool stuff in this game. I've heard this one is really well optimized. The Total War series kind of, it, it's, you know, you get frame rate dips. You get a lot of performance issues. This one I've heard is pretty smooth unless the action is 100% crazy hectic, like millions of soldiers and all that stuff. I've heard this is well optimized and it's challenging throughout. Now this is a either a pro or a con depending on how you think about it. Because in the reviews I've seen, they've talked about how if, you know, you're You've taken over all this territory, and there's only a few more spots left to take. Those will still be tough battles. So it's good in the fact that you don't get to just sit there and just press auto-resolve, attack, 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 auto-resolve. Yeah, we won. Woohoo! I mean, it's good in that way, but it's also bad in that way, because once you are the biggest dog in the yard, you kind of want to push those other little dogs out of there. 
So depending on how you think about it, it's a good or a bad thing. But everything else I've heard about this game is super positive, really fun. People are having a blast with this. So if you like Total War, if you like the Three Kingdoms era, if you like grand strategy games, pick up Total War Three Kingdoms. Number four. I've got a psychological horror scary game that was just released. It is out currently as of May 28, 2019, developed by Bloober Team. It is a survival horror game. It is on the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. It is Layers of Fear 2. Yes, it is a sequel to a previous title, which takes place as a first-person character, where in the first one, you are an artist. This one, you are an aspiring actor, and you go on side of a giant boat, whatever they call a big old barge-type boat, doesn't matter, and you're shooting a film, and the director is known to be a sinister, crazy individual who will do anything to unlock the inner character of his or hers actors. So... With this in mind, you're told, hey, find your character, and then stuff starts to get really weird. Like I said, it's a first-person, puzzly, survival horror-type game. Everything starts to go awry pretty quick. You start going into fits of madness and going to this like nether realm where there's blood and disfigured things and mannequins and uses all the typical jump scares to get you. There's puzzles to stall you. There are monstrosities that hunt you down and kill you if they catch you. All of the things you can imagine, all those things are here, and you're doing it first person, scared out of your mind, trying to uncover the mysteries of what's going on, why this is happening to you. You're finding pieces and clues along the way where you can uh, read and get read to by a narrator, all sorts of things going on, which help you figure out what's taking place here on this boat while you're trying to not descend into madness and perform your roles as an actor. But of course... It probably doesn't go the way you think it's going to go. It is pretty neat. It uses like uh, the peripheral stuff going on, like ghosts and things moving in your peripherals to screw with your brain. And then when you turn around, things are moved when they weren't there. So it starts making you question what's going on. All that stuff is in it. So if you're a big fan of the survival horror like genre, this might be a title for you. I'd recommend you go check it out. Maybe go insane playing it. And then... You know, do whatever you got to do after that. It'd be fun, right? Right? Number three. So next up in the releases, it's another game that I'm pretty interested in. This is one I want to know more about. This is one I want to play myself. This is Irony Curtain from Matryoshka with Love. This dropped on the 16th of May for PC, Mac, and Linux, developed and published by Artifacts Mundi. This game lets you revisit the Cold War in a comedic point-and-click adventure game. So if you like anything about that old Cold War era, if you grew up, you know, the Russians are bad, like I, I did for the first, you know, part, and then all the other stuff happened. But if you remember those days, if you want to look back fondly on those days in a fun, silly way, and you remember those old like LucasArts point-and-click adventure games where people would talk and it would have the text above their head and the different colors. This, I think, is going to be a game that's up people's alley. Obviously, it's it's a comedic game, so your mileage is going to vary depending on whether you like the humor or not. I've seen some reviews that say, oh, nothing was funny, this was stupid. And I've seen other ones that say, it was great all the way through, I laughed a lot. It was... For me, from what I've seen, most of the laughs are chuckle-worthy, I'd say, not like bust-a-gut laughing, but it's it's a fun, light 
silly kind of a game, and it's presented that kind of way too. I mean, the graphics are kind of cutesy and cartoony, and I, I would say pretty charming, except for the cutscenes. The cutscenes are a little more basic animation, but the in-game graphics look really cool. The characters have unique looks to them. They look pretty charming, and the voice acting is what was really surprising me and a lot of other people. It's totally well done. Like when you hear the main character speaking, you know, you're as you do, you point at the thing and say, Oh man, this is a chamber pot or whatever it is. He sounds kind of fun and kind of tongue in cheek. And, but it's, it's well done. Like he's, he's, he's voice acted very well, which is important because you're going to hear a lot of talking in one of these kinds of games. Now, what happens in this game? Basically, you are reporter Evan Kowalski, an American. I, I'm going to use quote fingers on American because I think they're American, but then the Matryoshka is obviously the stand-in for the USSR. But you're an American reporter. You're kind of enamored by socialism and communism as like an idea, as a as a construct, and then you kind of get wrapped up in this whole spy scenario. Maybe you kind of get kind of mistaken identity. They think you're a spy. The government thinks you're a spy, but you're really just kind of this silly doofus guy. You end up over in Matryoshka having all kinds of crazy adventures. I won't spoil anything that gets... But, I mean, I'm sure you can... You can kind of do the mental gymnastics yourself and and figure out the kind of stuff you're going to be doing here. But like I said, it's a silly, fun, point-and-click adventure game, and this does come with the good parts about it, which, you know, like I said, charming graphics, good voice acting, good jokes, good humor, but it also comes with the pitfalls of any point-and-click adventure game. Pretty much any time I talk about a point-and-click adventure game, I have to say, oh, some of the puzzles are really confusing and obtuse, and some of the fetch quests are really boring because you got to go get this item to give it to that guy, to get this item to give it to that guy, to solve a puzzle, to give another thing to this guy, blah, 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 blah. So far, aside from people saying the humor missed for them, that's the biggest concern I've seen is just you know general point-and-click adventure game problems. That's just, that's I mean... That's what's going to come with that genre of game. But if you don't mind that stuff and you're not really frustrated by that kind of stuff, there is a hint system in the game. Hopefully that does help out a little bit. But if you don't mind that stuff or you really like that stuff, you remember really liking it, and you're in the mood for something like silly and charming and fun and not all that serious, pick up Irony Curtain from Matryoshka with Love. It, lo- it looks like just a, f- just a fun little time. Get yourself a throwback to those point-and-click adventure days. Number two. My second title for you to take a peek at today is Dauntless. I heard nothing about this game. Nothing at all. Until the day before it hit. Alright, it was developed by Phoenix Labs, published by Epic Games, which I'll bring up again briefly in just a second. It was released May 21st for the PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Now, this game came out a while back in, like, beta form and has been being tested in this, and it's gone through, like, four or five seasons already. So I'm way behind here. However, it is finally here live for everyone to play, and it's a free-to-play Monster Hunter-type game. All right, the developers took inspiration, obviously, from Monster Hunter. And, by the way, you've got developers from Capcom making this, Blizzard and Bioware. And so you know it's got a good pedigree of individuals who are capable of producing outstanding games. And sure enough, so far, I've gotten in there and I've done a couple monster fights myself. You are a slayer. And you have gone through this whole cataclysmic event. These giant creatures, monsters called behemoths, have taken over and started to kill people and eat them up. 
you're here to stop that from happening and take out these behemoths and save the day. So as is with Monster Hunter, in case you didn't know, your character, you pick from six different weapon types. There's like the sword, the axe, the uh, hammer, you get the chain blades, you got the guns, and then you got the spear type weapon. Once you're doing that, you're going to go in and you find these monsters. You find low-level monsters. You're going to go out third person, mind you, with graphics that are roughly like Fortnite's graphics. And you're going to slay said monster by doing multiple attacks, avoiding avoiding lots of different attacks, and taking them out. You can cut up their tail. you can got to break through spikes and armor. If you know what Monster Hunter is, think of that. But where it's really neat is... It's way quicker and smoother than Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter, there's a chug to it. You feel like uh, in between each button press, there's like a second delay before things start happening. And once you're initiating a combo or an, or an attack, you can't halt it or move it or change it or do anything with it. So it's very slow, but you got you know, and it makes you think, and that's really cool. That's why I like Monster Hunter. I've played a ton of it. But this one's a lot faster. Like I said, think Fortnite, but with Monster Hunter. You're quick. The monsters are quick. They're constantly jumping and leaping and flying around, making you have to quickly turn the camera, pay attention, do counter moves, jump out of the way. Real fast-paced, and I really, really dig it. And like I said, with the Fortnite-type graphic style, it's really easy to look very, very pretty, very nice. But of course, it isn't excessive on your computer or obviously your system. So it allows for a streamlined playthrough. The servers right now, super busy. Everyone's trying it out because, like I said, it's free for play, free to play, which, as you can imagine, means, you know, microtransactions, things like that. But it's all, like, uh, stuff to make you look prettier, look cooler, and uh, like emotes, things like that. It's nothing that's going to break the game and give, you know, other players advantage. So no need to get up in arms about it. And even if they did, honestly, it's free to play. So there's really no arguing with that. They're giving you something for free here, and it's a very high-quality product. Uh, what I like about it versus Monster Hunter is where in Monster Hunter, it's very detailed. The uh, item systems, things, the stuff you're picking up, it is insane. You, there's tons of it, tons of things to do. Uh, when you roll through your item menu, you got to like click over, and it's like, and you got tons of stuff to bring with you on a hunt. Whereas in this one, it's much more streamlined, much more simple. It's the same concept. you got to get everything before the hunt changed up prepared whatever build you want to go into it get ready because once you're on the hunt you cannot change on the fly however the item system's real simple down in the corner it's going to have your your healing pots here whatever kind of pots there this and that and you just click up down left right bada bing bada boom and you're popping that heal pot i just feel like it's easier to manipulate whereas in monster hunter i'd often have to uh, get it way out of the way and go rotate through my items and they did have a quick bar so i know a lot of people are screaming at me get good at the quick bar and i i did eventually but for a long time i would just have to scroll through this one's already built in right there for you bada bing bada boom you're using the potions hey taking care of business and the attacks are very streamlined. They do have combos. They've got all sorts of uh, different elementals. Like got the fire, cold, uh, umbral, and radial, which is like light and dark magic. So you can play with that. And obviously different monsters are weaker to different uh, elements than others. You're going to want to make sure you take that into account when you go into battle. So just neat. Very cool. Very awesome. The monsters are big. Or I should say behemoths because that's what they're called. 
They're very large. They're very in your face. They're all very unique. They all have different skill sets and abilities that they do. So you kind of have to like kick back and watch what they're doing and figure out their rotations and what effects do what so you can dodge and avoid them and get around and hit their weak spots or knock them uh, down to the ground, you know, uh, paralyze them with electrical damage, that kind of thing. It's really neat. It's really fun. You can play with up to four players. And as promised, like I said, this game was published by Epic. So it is cross-platform crossed the entirety of it all. So if you're playing on PS4, guess what? Hey, look around. You might find some buddies on the Xbox One to play with, PC to play with. It's a free-for-all for everyone. Like I said, being that it's new and free-to-play, the servers are extremely busy right now. It is insane. However, I still recommend you get in there and give this one a go. Because being able to play with all your buddies anywhere in this beautiful world of four players hunting monsters down talking amongst one another, figuring out what the best routes to take them out is. Great stuff. Great stuff. So get on over there, check it out, push the download button. you got nothing to lose. It doesn't cost you a penny. Please enjoy, and we'll see you in there slaying the behemoths, fellow slayers. Number one. Now last on the releases this week, this is a game I can't talk too much about because I can't spoil it for myself. This is a game I... I'm totally interested in. I am 100% going to play, so I can't dig too deep into it. This is Observation, which dropped on the 21st of May for PC and PS4, developed by No Code, published by Devolver Digital. If you want to think about it the easy way, this is 2001 A Space Odyssey, the game. Because you play as Sam, which is the artificial intelligence that's built into a space station. Think of like, a, you know, the ISS, the International Space Station. You're kind of built into that, and you're trying to figure out what, what happened. Because I think at, as you start the game, there's one crew member there. So you have to find out what happened to all the other crew members, what is going on right now. And everything I've seen about this game is so intense and interesting. It looks like all the best things about those sci-fi movies, like 2001, kind of like Interstellar, Solaris, all these, like, you know, surrounded by the vastness of space. Something strange is happening here, and you have to figure out what it is. Go watch a launch trailer. Go watch, you know, some of a review that doesn't spoil anything. The presentation on this game is fantastic. It's 100% up my alley. Graphics are great. Voice acting is great. From music, from what I've heard, is great. The atmosphere is intense and creepy and eerie and 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 lonely and really interesting. And it's everything that I love in like those old school sci-fi, creepy sci-fi or like vastness of space type of you know alone in the universe type of things. So as far as the basics of the gameplay, you're the AI, so you're looking at these different modules through, I think, like camera nodes in each one. I think you eventually get like a little drone you can move around the space station in, and you're basically solving lots of puzzles. You know, again, to figure out what happened to maybe access systems that have been locked out, maybe to, you know reroute power to a fire suppression system. If there's a fire in a certain module, you're opening and closing doors, all that kind of thing. So again, think... Think Dave and Hal from 2001 A Space Odyssey because you are there in this space station where something has happened with one crew member. So you're interacting with her. She's asking you to do things for her to help her solve things. You're doing things on your own. It just looks absolutely fantastic. Again, I can't 
I can't speak too much to it because I haven't played it yet, but I will 100% play this. I can't wait for it. I mean, if, if nothing else, watch the title sequence. Like the developer put that up on YouTube, either via Devolver Digital's channel or on their own. Just the, just the title sequence with the opening credits and stuff. Fantastic. The music is just mind blowing. The visuals are, you know, it's, it, it's, it's not the in-game visuals, but the, the visuals they put with this music for just the opening credits, it, it all fits perfectly. I can't wait to get my hands on observation. I hope you guys do too, because I want, I, I want to see more games like this. Everything I've heard about this is awesome. It's getting eights, nines, tens. People I know and trust on Twitter are saying they're having a blast with it and it's amazing and mind blowing. I can't wait to dive in. Please dive in if you love those old sci-fi things. If you love 2001 A Space Odyssey, if you love creepy alone in space, what the heck just happened kind of stuff, get observation. Imposter's topic of the day. We're on the topic of, hey, arcades. They came, they went. It used to be a huge stick. When you were a kid, you begged for money, you ran into the arcade, you played under your heart's content. Mm-hmm. In fact, we've done some shifter topics before where we talked about some of our favorite memories in the arcade, that kind yep. of thing. But we kind of want to throw around, is the arcade coming back? Is it back and we just don't know? Is it dead? Did it have like a, a whiff of life and die out? I don't know. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and just throw it back and forth a little bit on what we feel, what we experience, what would maybe get us back in there if it were to come mm-hmm. back, that kind of thing. So let's start it off quickly with, hey, Matt, do you think that the arcade is dead? Is it alive? Has it come back? Was it just a fad? What's up? Well, I don't think it, – it's certainly not back to, to the degree that it was when I remembered arcades, when I went to arcades. When there were arcade machines every place you went, and there was – at least in the mall, there was an arcade zone. So, no, it's not, it's not back to that degree. But I think as, you know, we arcade goers are getting older, and especially, you know, the people who are like five years older than us are getting older. They're getting that, that spend in capital, and they go, man – I, I remember that great thing. I want to make it happen. I think in certain spots you're seeing them start to make a comeback. Like I know out in there's a dude I follow, Classic Game Room on YouTube. He's out in Pittsburgh. They have some like big pinball arcade museum slash arcade out there that you know it's whenever I see him do videos, it's all those older dudes who remember those times. So I think if you get enough people who have that retro nostalgia, who have the spend in cash to find the machines, transport them, fix them up, and have the love of it. I think it's it's still there because the desire is still there because people remember a good time. I don't think it'll ever come back the way it did. But I, th- I think it's still around. I just don't get to see it because I live in Podunk, Michigan. And there it is. I think that's the key. I think it's come back, but only in niche spots, like come mm-hmm. some of the, the high life areas, like, California, you know, it's like San yeah. Francisco, LA, and some of the bigger cities, some of the bigger areas, I think it's come back. But like you just said, here in Michigan, where everything's sleepy and out of whack and gone, mm-hmm. it hasn't really hit. We got a couple things here and there. I'm sure in Detroit, there's probably a few of them somewhere. Okay. And here in Lansing, we got one. That's, but it's kind of like a, a barcade, not really like an arcade. I was going to say Detroit or like those nicer Detroit areas like Royal Oak. Like uh-huh. I'm sure they've got some kind of retro arcade thing uh-huh. going on there. And you also mentioned something, and I agree. I, th- I think it's the, the individuals slightly older than us that are mm-hmm. starting to bring it back and have in some areas. But I don't want to just – like I don't think just bringing it back's 
going to fix everything. Like you just mm-hmm. said, finding all the old arcades, fixing them up, getting them operational, making it so everybody can play them. I feel like if it's going to be something that sticks around and we can really get it back again, it's got to be with new stuff as well. Like new mm-hmm. arcade systems coming in with new games on it to play. But I just don't feel that that's there. I don't ever hear, at least in our area, once again, could be completely clueless here, but I don't hear about anybody making new games specifically for arcades, except for on like the Kickstarter front. You hear and yeah. see it sometimes, but like as of, you know, the big developers, you never hear them go, we're making this game for the arcades. And, you know, and Sega did for a long time until mm-hmm. just recently, you know, and that's all kind of died out. And then, uh, who's the developer who was making arcade games for the consoles who gave up? It was the, Oh man, what's the, the big one? They they gave up on it a couple of years ago. They had a huge press release talking about how it wasn't making them any money. They were doing like the twin stick shooters and all that kind of stuff. No, you, no you, nothing you, on you there. Me, doesn't matter. Oh well, it doesn't matter. There was a huge uh, developer a few years back who did all sorts of arcadey type games, and that was their niche. Mm-hmm. But they said no one was buying them. No one was really playing them. They were receiving critically, you know, great, great, great reviews. Everyone was saying it was awesome stuff no one played so they said hey we're done making those types of games we're moving on to just classic kind of video games mm-hmm. so having that in my head and then of course not seeing them around and anything going on and then like you said most of the times when they do get these arcades going it's just old machines that they're refurbishing and putting back in and yeah. to me that doesn't really signal a longevity it doesn't signal a life that's going to continue forever i feel like right. i feel like it's just a niche a, a little a fad with you know like you said the older gentlemen that are a little bit older than us going you know what i remember that and i'm gonna bring it back because i'm rich and i can and here we go mm. that doesn't spell a long life that just spells the next five ten years while it's in vogue because of the age group and then it's going to disappear again as it did previously yeah, true. And I don't like that because, you know, as we talked about on a Shifter Monthly topic or something such a long time ago, I love the arcades. I love the mm-hmm. idea of going to this communal area and playing all these cool little systems, popping some quarters in, you know. And, mm-hmm. and we talked about then, I think the price started to get out of hand. And I think that's yeah. why, it, you know, for me anyway, why it died. I, I didn't have mm-hmm. a dollar to pop into every machine that wanted it because they started making these games that were just completely bonkers the like the time cops and stuff and the gimmicks got crazier but so did the price and it started to fall apart for me i see i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna say no no not like the time crisis or the virtual cop no those were still legitimate is when you got into the stupid standing on the snowboard thing and you had to play a dollar (laughs) and those didn't work so that that, that's when it got ridiculous Mm -hmm. But but I will say, dial it back just a little bit to the the older games and the older people. I do agree that I don't see the longevity there just because, I mean, even the barcade that we have, the Mm -hmm. grid, you go there and it's, you know, it's Donkey Kong, it's Robotron, it's, you know, the Ninja Turtles arcade machine. But even even there where the machines are, you know, as newly installed as possible, you see the hardware starting to fail on some of them. Like the Dr. Mario machine. Like if you hit, you got to recenter the joystick, or like one of the directions doesn't work. So I I feel like if you're just going to rely on those, they need to go away from either either it's just going to go away when all the machines fail, or you have to transfer that to like. And, and I think this is the way it would have to come back with newer machines, quote fingers, and newer games. I think as you have to rig it up some kind of like the arcade shell with the quarter slot and everything, but it has to be like 
a PC inside that's playing on a you know a cheap LCD, not cheap, but you know a modern day LCD you can put in for cheap, that would still run like an arcade machine. I don't know how you would do it with the coin slot and everything, but that way you could put in a PC or you could put in a PS4 there, rig it up to a joystick, and now you're playing, you know, like a, a big 2D shooter or whatever arcade style, but with the latest graphics from the latest system on a nice HD display right there in your face. That's also easy to fix when it breaks because these are the things that are getting made right now. So you just go down to freaking Best Buy and oh, the LCD's crapped out here. Boop, there's a new one right there. Just bam. You know, that was, that got me thinking because I think that is not a bad idea whatsoever. It's like changing the game. Like mm-hmm. you said, instead of, having every single game inside of its individual box put up to the you know on it and then built all for its own thing and then like you said falling apart decaying mm-hmm. you could you could change it you could you could make it so say there's a wall false walls and behind it are a bunch of PCs inside mm-hmm. of the the you know the the entrepreneur's room you know the back room and then yeah, yeah. the cords are running through the walls and then into these just generic arcade boxes, all built, mm-hmm. all super heavy-duty construction, so they can take a beating for years and years and years and then just be popped out and replaced with some more fake arcade walls. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the cords running through send signal to the HD monitor that's in all of them, and then away you go. You're playing the games, and then the guy in the background, he can obviously upgrade the PC at any time to keep the games fresh mm-hmm. and on the b- best graphics cards. He she can change things out in the background. But the only limitation would be then you'd have to ha- build all your arcades so that way your walls are aligned so that your back room, you can access all those different PCs and things going on. Something like that. I don't know. Just a way to make it cheaper to run an arcade and keep those machines up but also keep mm. upgrading to the newest and latest and greatest without just replacing entire freaking arcade boxes and screwing around with it. Right, right. I don't know. I don't know. Ask. I'm gonna, I'm gonna open up a business here. <laughs> so there you go. See, it's not a bad idea. Even, even if you just get a generic arcade cabinet, yeah. And you just, you know, when you pull open the the coin thing, and your PC's just in there running it. I mean, that's just, yeah, same concept, I guess. You you gotta have a way to set it up so it's just, you know, it's running Mugen or whatever the arcade emulator is, and this is the, this is the game. There you go. For your high end, multifaceted, like, need to make sure everything's working, going on stuff, you do the fake wall thing, like I said. Mm -hmm. So, like, your huge multiplayer games, you get those rigged up so you can play those in the arcades together. But then for mm-hmm. like you just single player single player little goofy games, those are the ones you just pop the PCs in there and turn them on, and then at the end of the night you can turn them all back off, update them, whatever you gotta do, and then in the morning before you open, turn them back on, and that's mm-hmm. the same same exact concept except like now you don't have to have them all facing walls like I was just saying without thinking it through. Look at that! All right, yeah, see, adding a little bit to it. Because I was just thinking with the grid, you know, it's got. It's got the games on the two walls, but then it's got that center thing that everybody can walk around. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't want you just arcades on the walls because yeah. if people aren't you know kind of like back to back and looking over their shoulder at what this guy's doing it's it kind of takes away from that old school arcade flavor where it was just at every angle from every people conceivable playing some point games doing there's something. a game there's somebody there yeah uh-huh. and then like they do have i like the idea of the lounges that they've brought mm-hmm. back to where you can go sit up and casually play a specific game with some friends on a big couch or whatever i like that yeah. idea and like uh, nirvana spirits down in uh, Texas, they've got us so when you sit at your table to order food. There's a monitor right there and some controllers. And then they put in games, different games at different tables. And 
whatever mm-hmm. table you get, you can, oh, hey, Overcooked's up there. That's good. Hey, you and your buddies or family can play some Overcooked while you're waiting for your food. I like that kind of iteration, too. So, like, mm-hmm. maybe that's how they evolve. They have, like, downstairs or upstairs is a full-on arcade, but also taking that barcade experience in a different area, you can have a phone restaurant or, you know, a little lounge theater or something. Who I don't know. Just changing the game to where it's a multifaceted thing where money can be made on a lot of different fronts instead of just arcades because I feel like that's why they went out of business in the first place was it got to the point where there was money in it but not enough money to keep it going. Now, see, I was thinking about the lounges with the, you know, the newer games and stuff, but then you got to make sure everything is hardwired in so nobody can steal get it break anything. it screw it up because that was the first thing i thought of I was like man if they put a ps4 upstairs at the grid you could do all kinds of cool stuff but i was like but literally all the controllers would be gone inside of the first day yeah. just because people are garbage mm-hmm. but yeah if you had some kind of super hardwired you know with a little <laughs> i don't know some kind of sheath for the cord mm-hmm. like you know the metal sheath so people couldn't just I was gonna say they've take. got they've got the metal wraparound thing so you could put that around the middle of the controller out of the way mm. of the, you know, the, obviously the main functions. And then yeah, yeah. you take the cord itself, and they've got like that carbon fiber wiring crap. Yeah, you can yeah. Run that, through that, that up to the stuff. car, up to the actual system, which is behind a, a glass lock box, you know, or something. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then that would be about the best you could do for scenarios like that, unless you mm. keep that system, that that type of thing, down where the bartender is or the or the restaurant's actually functioning. So it's like... Immediately, someone's going to go, why is he walking out with controllers? And then you can chase him down, mm. beat him down, and say, what are you doing, you old son of a gun? You like video games? How about real-life Double exactly. Dragon? <laughs> mm, mm, <laughs> River City Ransom, look at this chain in your face, boy. Pow. Throwing a tire at you. <laughs> Barf. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I just feel, <laughs> I feel like we hear about him coming back, but I don't ever see him here. And then a lot of times when I hear about it coming back, it's it's got something extra to it. It's not just an arcade. Mm-hmm. Like a couple of them have a huge uh, vintage retro gaming section where you can buy uh, used yeah. games, old games, obviously buy, sell, trade, you know what I mean. So they mm-hmm. come in, you can play the arcades, but it's also a pawn shop for video games on top of it or a little uh, mini museum type scenario where you can come check it out. And I feel like that's the best way to do it. Like, as much as I would like to see just an arcade around here, in this day and age, with people the way they are, you can't just have, like, here's nice things, just come on in and whoever can play it. Like, if you're if it's in a museum or a, you know, a used game shop, you're going to get people who already have interest in that stuff and maybe have a respect for the actual equipment that they're playing on, because... No, I can't say it. Unless you go to like f***ing Chuck E. Cheese and people are slapping pizza around on it. Well, no, you can say it, though. I mean, because that's the truth of it. And, that, and, and you hear about it on all sorts of shows where they've got arcades over there on the West Coast and whatnot, is that they go to them, mm-hmm. and even though they try, they all come in, they're constantly cleaning them, trying to keep them up and dated and refurbished, they get destroyed. Because what mm-hmm. inevitably happens is you get people who don't care, or even if they don't care, they just get too excited or too exuberant, or they're, like you said, if it's a, one with a restaurant attached to it or some kind of food thing going, they're all there slopping yeah. food on it, banging the buttons, smashing things up, and wrecking shop. And then within three months, mm-hmm. all these pristine arcades are just beat up thing, grisly things that only the bravest souls or drunkest souls really want to get on yeah. and handle anymore, or kids who just don't care until they're, you know, death from disease. 
but then but then they're already part of the problem because yeah. they because they're in they there don't know they're not just not caring. But, and that's the problem is like you said it. You want a gimmick or a side thing that's going to attract people who care and love this thing so that they treat it yeah. and appreciate it. But at the same time, that doesn't pay all the bills. You also you need the masses in there to play the mm. games and have a great time and tell their friends that it was a fun time. So that it's just a hard that's a hard balance. That's a hard problem to solve because yeah. you really can't. You can either say, "Hey, you can enforce these really strict rules about your arcade and keeping everything up to up to date and on par and really nice," but then you get nobody coming. Because they're like, well, if I can't come in and drinking some beers and laughing and yelling and hollering, whatever. Or if you, you think about it, too, like I have love for arcades, but I wouldn't go every day. No. I'd go once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. So even, the, ev- even that, the people who do have the respect for it, you do have to have something additional. But I, I, I don't know. It, like you said, it's really tricky to kind of balance the need to bring people in versus the need to have respectful people who can – who who have the love for it, who understand why it's important. Exactly. So, I mean, I would say overall, I would love to see arcades come back. I would love to see a resurgence of it here in Michigan and everywhere, not mm. just in certain specific areas. But I just don't feel like if, if we start to see just arcades, I can guarantee you I, would, I wouldn't think it's going to last more than six months, if that. I, I would yeah. just go, oh, it's got to come back with something else attached to it there has to be something Mm. else happening that you can go to there and have a nice meal or you can go watch a show downstairs and play that's always why you like the old school movies because they had the arcade in the movie go see a movie Mm. play arcades for 20 30 minutes to me that was perfect you mentioned have a nice meal makes me think you know if if you're going like like old town like where our bar arcade Mm -hmm. is you get those you know like uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Like craft food places. I think that's the perfect place to have a side arcade thing because you're not going to go to like a craft burger bar or something and be sloppy drunk and just getting goop all over the machine. You're already there paying a premium for a premium thing. So you can, I'm not going to say like you dress nice and a fancy no. person, but you're a cleanly person who respects the value of, of things. Mm-hmm. So when you go, oh, while well, I'm waiting for, you know, my, my fish tartare or my steak tartare or whatever. It, it doesn't have to be that expensive, but you know you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. While I'm waiting for some nice food, I'll go play this game nicely because I'm a nice person who appreciates good things. I, I don't know. I, I probably sound super snooty, but you get what yeah. I'm saying. Well, and I was just thinking, I was like, and here you go. You have that nice little restaurant going on, and then you have an access route, a path, or a stairway upstairs or however you're going to do it, and then there's washing units. So as you're there going you go. by, you know, you got an attendant whose only job is to, you know, ask you to wash your hands, clean up, and then boom, you go on into the, you know, just remember the old school guys <laughs> and gals who used to be in the bathrooms who'd give you a mint hold, and a towel? Oh, towel yes, you have yeah, that. Yeah. And then you, wash your hands. So here's a towel dry off. Enjoy the arcade. <laughs> we'll, the number will appear when your food is ready. Or I hope you enjoyed your meal. Please have some fun at the arcade. You know, that would actually be awesome is if you put your order in and they give you a little buzzer, like when you have to wait uh-huh. outside, like, hey, we'll, we'll buzz your table when we're bringing the food out or like five minutes beforehand. Yeah. So you go up there, put that in your pocket, play an arcade game. Uh-oh, Finish well, I up. got two lives left. You know, a different buzz when the food's actually there. Oh, okay, well, that was yep. fun. Come on down, food's ready to eat. Then you get rid of the people who are angry because they're waiting for their food because you're up there playing arcades, mm-hmm. having a great time. Yeah, pretty good idea. That's not too bad. 
And then if you stick it it. before the meal always and don't allow re-entry, then you're saving the need for the washing things and having to try to convince people to make sure they're cleaning up beforehand because they're doing it beforehand. They're going and playing beforehand. So after the meal, they go home and then continue on their way or whatever they're going to do. Who cares? Yeah, you could even, like when you put in your meal, all right, here's your here's your table placard. That's where you check in, you get the buzzer at the, at the bottom of the stairs. Uh-huh. All right, hey, table 45 is swapping for buzzer 45. Boop, boop, there you go. Once their order's up, bzz, they get to come and right back And that's what down. you do, and you force everyone up there. You don't even give them an option, because that way, even while they're standing up there, you know, they can wait. Obviously, you put seating up there in the arcade. So if people are like, I hate video games, but I really love that burger. They got a place they can just go sit and wait for their buzzer like you normally do at any restaurant. But it forces them into an area and they might look across and be like, oh, that looks fun. And then bada bing, you just made an extra buck because they get some tokens. And then you can offer tokens in the beginning. So when you're like, oh, yeah, I'd like to order this and this. And they're like, would you like to order, you know, tokens, da, da, da. That's perfect. You do it just like the grid uh-huh. does. You put your order in. If you get a starter, you get two tokens. If you get an entree, you get four. I guess some if, drinks. You know, yeah, and then you can buy some afterwards, just you know, to to chunk onto your order. That's the, now. See, I like mm-hmm. this idea. This is good. That's one. pretty good. I don't know about Jeeves with his hand Oh, come service, on! All right. Well, just... maybe it was a little far, but it was entertaining <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So there you go. I, I think we we covered what we think would happen if an arcade's ever to come back in full force. It'd mm. have to have something attached to it, preferably like a, a restaurant food style something would probably yeah. be the best route to winning. But just an arcade, I don't, I don't think we're ever going to see those days in full force ever again. I think that that no, that life's over. I don't think so. Because online gaming is you know basically the same thing, minus you being in the the room with the people sweating and yelling and hollering. So. You're just never going to get that back. I think the only other thing that could bring it back is if there were more gimmicks, but that was also, I feel like, what killed the arcade. Like, I can't play a light gun game on my console right now. That's my that's my jam. That's my arcade is when I have some kind of the light gimmicks, gun. The gimmicks are fine. It was the price that came with them. Well, that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. It's like, you know, Lethal Enforcers, you could play that for a quarter. And I think like LA machine guns, you can play for mm-hmm. fifty cents. But once it starts getting to be like giant paddles, Daytona and the big racer, race, the big and booths, kinda, and the sh- sh- shaking and the booming, yeah, 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 it got to be too much. So yeah, I think stick to but, the simple. But at the same time, that's a unique it really experience. Was. You can't have it. And all. you're right. And I still so. this day find those Daytona racing ones and always hop in because mm. nothing's cooler than sitting in that chair and it's rocking back and forth and you're slamming the, the clutch and the brakes and the gas and just the wheels jerking around with the G's and that you don't get that. And, and that's what I say all the time when I go to Royal Scott is I find that L.A. Machine Guns game because it's got a big chunky gun on a turret and it vibrates when you shoot it and there's speakers underneath that go that old school arcade explosion sound. I can't get that at home. I can't. I mean... I could like rig up something, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't no, do it. It wouldn't be the same. So it definitely yeah. has a unique thing to the arcade. Something I hope to see again, but I just mm. don't feel on its own it'll ever make it. It has to be tied in no. with something else, which we're seeing some of. I just don't know if it'll make it big time or not. It just takes people spending their money and liking it and spreading the word that it's a good idea. And we've got to start yeah. like here in our own town with the grid. I don't know how well or bad they're doing. I hope they're doing well because then it would promote somebody else to do it or and change it up a little mm-hmm. bit. And obviously, there you go. You get some variety. You get people interested. I hope it makes it. I'd hate to see it die off or and not come back for another 10 years or if ever, but 
I don't know. Here it's just not something that's really sticking too much, so it's it's hard to say. Yeah, it's it's so hard to say just from our perspective because I was just thinking about it right now. When I was out in Phoenix in January, February, they were like, oh, yeah, we got like two, and I think they said maybe even three arcade bars around the area. So it's it's definitely there in certain areas. It's just it's it's hard to even speak to it here where there's one place. And, and it's only a tiny little I mean, I'm assuming... I, I'm assuming it's it's successful because it's mm-hmm. still there, but it's not like the place, mm-hmm. you know. I, exactly. I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. So, what do you guys all think? It, where you live, is it big? Is it happening? Do you see this huge resurgence as something that's going to live long and healthy, or is it just a fad that's going to die out? I don't know. What's your community like? What do you feel? Because here in Michigan, it's still not dead, but it's definitely not there yet. So. I'm interested to know. I hope to hear the good word from all you wonderful people out there. So hit us up and let us know what your community is like when it comes to the arcades, barcades, restaurant arcades, any sort of combination thereof. I'm interested in your words. I am too, but for now, it's time to wrap it up. So yes, please let us know your thoughts on the arcade situation, the barcade situation, Eric's fancy hand-washing Jeeves, man. What do you think about that? Let us know via email at info at thirdshift.me. Tweet at us at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Indeed, you can find us there. You can also find us over on the Patreon. We treat it just like a tip jar. You like what you hear, you think we're doing a great job, consider heading over there, throwing us a buck, two bucks, three bucks. Anything and everything helps keeps the lights on over here, keeps us motivated, keeps us going, yeah, this is the coolest, greatest thing in the whole world. But you know what? Even if it isn't happening, we're still going to keep rolling on because that's what we do because we love doing it. It provides a little space in our heart for happiness. If you can't give us the money or the monetary donations, you can give us love in many other ways, like mailbag questions, feedback of any type, the likes, the hearts, the Facebook things, the, all the stars, whatever the all the mediums that give us all the positive things, that's what we want. None of the negative, though. You know, the, yeah, Leave no. the negative to Danny over there, making this look good, sound good. She can handle it, okay? Positives, that comes our way. So just Twitter feeds <laughs> the Dannys with all the bads. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and of course, this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday. So we'll be back in your ear holes on the 11th of June for our very next episode. And you can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, if you like what we're doing you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, review, comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services because it does help us out and we really do appreciate it. And we also appreciate your subscriptions, your Twitch subs on the Twitch Prime, twitch.tv slash thirdshiftme. I even said it right and I didn't have it written down. I can't believe it. But yes, follow <laughs> us, like us, love us, tune in when we're streaming. Man, I played Valkyria Chronicles 4 the other day. I was playing The Messenger today. I was doing horrible, but then I got to a part where I was doing awesome, and I just felt like the king. It was great. Yeah, had a little bit of 3.30 a.m. rage in me. I'll be back mm-hmm. on it this week going at it, probably being terrible again. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> Come watch us suck and tell us how bad we are, <laughs> except when it's me. Give me the love. Yes. Send hate to those other two guys. Exactly. I agree with you, man. And you know, with that, man, I think there's nothing else to say today except for... Don't, 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 don't forget, forget to, to save. save.